Our world is lost in unnecessary fear and hurt. Our systems seem scientifically engineered to make you small, powerless, and always waiting for the next great leader who will fix the problems around us. Worse, we're witnessing neighbor versus neighbor while warfare breaks out around our family tables. But you have access to a spirit, a strength that enlarges and empowers you. Even better, you don't need to wait for the next big movement. You can heal the world. It's time for governance by Grace. Welcome to Gracearchy with Jim Babka. Jim, this topic is teed up for us. It is so <laughs> amazing. I mean, we've been talking conflict machine in the media and all of that, and with the DeSantis announcement that came out last night, which I have not watched and I won't yet, everybody is apoplectic right now. The regime media is... I, I'm sure they're looking for dollars. I mean, they're trying to drive advertising costs right now, you know, through the roof. And I know you've got something to say about this. So bring us in. What is it? Well, I, I, first off, I want to make a disclaimer because we are talking about DeSantis's announcement. And the one thing I'm the least interested in is actually DeSantis's announcement. Yeah, we'll talk about that care. later. Yeah. I, I don't care. I, and I don't, if, I also want to say up front, I recognize that DeSantis is a culture war actor. He is one of the people who's making things worse in that area. We'll have to get to that. And if he has any semblance of a campaign, the opportunities to do that are going to present themselves. Uh, I have a great deal that I want to say at some point about Disney. The whole thing oh that, that happened yes. with Disney <laughs> and the other thing is happening that he's doing inside the schools uh, needs to be addressed. Yeah. And conservatives are not going to like what I have to say about that. So but we will today, get right? to, we'll get to today's it. not that day. Today's yeah. not that day. We just did two episodes where we sat and talked about the media was a big player in both of those episodes. The first one was entirely about the situation in the media. And we, sh so we've, we're kind of on a, on a kick here. We're on a roll. And I want to play off of those uh, previous two episodes. Let me throw out a quick definition. The conflict machine is a system uh, where we make decisions by fighting with one another. It's a replacement word for our politics. At the base element of what goes on in our society is coercion. Uh, we use aggression to get things done. So anytime a law is passed, a regulation is imposed, that ultimately comes with the willingness on the part of people who are tasked with enforcing it to, if necessary, kill people. And you say that's extreme, but it's really not because at the end yeah. of the day, if somebody resists if somebody uh, doesn't go along with being arrested, doesn't comply, uh, if they don't want to pay the fines or the penalties because their happiness has been diminished, they can suffer death. That is the, that is on the table at that point. Yeah. We do not send these people out with guns for no reason. So we have to recognize that even the simplest law could escalate into something, into a death penalty. And but it, it, it always is the case that these things are going to violate the happiness and harmony and prosperity of individuals. Uh, and that's grounded in a principle called human respect, which says that every time you use violence or theft or some other form of, of material coercion against a person, you are going to see a subsequent drop in their happiness, harmony and prosperity. And that always is the case. And so okay? what I'm saying is, is the, the regime media, in fact, the media at large right now, from stirs the, everybody up stirs everybody up to its advantage and to everybody else's uh, lessening of human respect correct and this is this is just 
this is the system operating as it is supposed to work. It's exactly how it works. Now, the, the conflict machine is fueled by the activities of the participants in it. Politicians like Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, Joe Biden are part of that. And then so is the regime media. And the media, in fact, you've heard the phrase that, that you know, the way that you sell newspapers is through conflict, right? Or through, you know, fires or sure, whatever. It's right. all bad news. Bad news is what sells, okay? And all of this triggers people's adrenal systems, gets them in an agitated state. All of this uh, causes um, conflict amongst people. So the final equation of the conflict machine is that at the end of the day, we end up fighting each other instead of focusing on problems. And if it gets so bad, it gets so bad that people start to uh, cheer for schadenfreude which yes. means that they want the failure, they want the pain, the misery of their opponents more than they want their preferred policy preferences. That's just a recipe for disaster because it's a downward spiral that can't end. Yeah, and we don't have to make decisions this way. You know, for example, I did not have to, you happen to be many states away, so it would be very difficult to do this, but I did not have to put a gun to your head to show up today. And nobody right, that's yeah. watching this right now needed a gun put to their head. They all thought that they would be happier coming here to get this information. Like this is how they chose to spend their time right now. They made right. a will decision, but your taxes, regulations, all these things are not free will decisions. And those things can be used to do things that you uh, abhor, stuff that you cannot stand. And so your happiness yeah. or your relative harmony, the harmony is always being degraded by this conflict machine. Always. And it's been getting worse in my humble opinion, in recent years, this is, we're in a time right now, I would say it's not as quite as bad as a pandemic. Uh, we're at a time that I think approaches late 1960s, early 1970s in terms of intensity. And we can appoint to a time like that. We can appoint to uh, the civil war, which clearly was worse. We can point to the COVID, but it, we are in a, in a fragile state where people feel that the center does not hold right now. Everything's kind of coming apart at the edges. Talking about uh, late Vietnam war, uh, late civil rights era, right? Yes, yes. You know, there's things, buildings were getting, you know, blown up. There was terrorism all over yep. the place. That time it was the left that was doing it. Yep. Okay. So, so uh, let's get to this Vanity Fair meme because- Oh, here we go. So here know, we go. I want to talk about how the media responded to this because this yep. plugs right into what we covered two episodes ago. It really, really does. It's like it's like part B to what we were talking about with the regime media and though? the fact that the media is coming for these dinosaurs. Ron DeSantis will formally announce his 2024 bid with Elon Musk because apparently David Duke wasn't available. I know. <laughs> I mean, like the first half of that is actually a news headline the way it should be written, right? He's going to formally announce his bid. You might have even said he was going to do it on Twitter, which would have been an objective statement. But they said with Elon Musk because apparently David Duke wasn't available. Now I want to know: Is in your in 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 the fevered imagination of of the people that write for Vanity Affair because this is incredibly irresponsible in my humble opinion, is it Ron DeSantis or Elon Musk who is David Duke? Which I because the syntax of this thing it's not entirely clear. It's not well written. You know, it's not like they are journalists or something and they took a writing course. It's it it's not clear reading it. What, who actually is the comparable to David Duke? Yeah, the, the comparison there. You know, I, I don't think it matters as long as they can trigger the conflict about it. I've seen Ex Axios and uh, The Atlantic and other people 
uh, who've had an opinion on this, shall we say, because it's an opinion piece, who are not willing to uh, take a position. And they say it's actually uh, DeSantis co-starring in his own announcement with Musk. So, and, and from what I understand, he largely did. But David, David Duke. But David was, Duke? David Duke was a grand wizard in the Ku Klux Klan. David Duke gave that up for a career in politics, playing the part of a white separatist, concerned about the loss of so-called white culture. That's what he did, okay? I don't know. I've not seen Elon Musk do anything remotely similar. I know he's done some crazy things. I know he's done some things that are objectionable. I already said, we're going to have some things to get into. Ron DeSantis is a culture warrior, and I don't like the things he's done either in that arena. But now, in what way could you say that either one of these guys is a grand wizard? Well, exactly, right? And it's not really about that. It's just about the media being able to uh, to bite back against their own miserable failure over the last several years. I mean, look at Fox Yeah, because News there is the old statement not to pick a, a fight with uh, people who buy their ink by the barrel. Yep, yep, so this is yep. kind of the modern equivalent, right? These yes. organizations, these dinosaur media enterprises are all dying. And that's the main thing they're, they're, they're angry about. We'll get into that in a moment. That's, that's the main focus of what I want to talk about today. And, you know, hey, Musk is beating them at their own game right now. So um, yes. there is a little bit of that, too. Yeah, he's able to effectively troll them. That's what he's yep. doing. Yep. Okay. You don't have to root for either of these guys here. You don't have to be a fan of either of their work. You don't have to agree with them personally to recognize that this cheapens, this cheapens dialogue. Absolutely. It is an exaggeration. I, you know, there's a, a, a rule that uh, you can't, that, that in a, a social media dialogue, eventually somebody's going to invoke the Nazis, right? Oh, right, right. Or Adolf Hitler, right? It's a corollary to uh, to Murphy's Law, right? In that same this is, book. This is a corollary to that, yeah. right? It, how long will it take for the left to invoke David Duke or the Klan? How long will it take for you to call somebody racist? Yep. Because well, that's not the it. central no, yeah. message here. So... CNN, uh, you know, we could pick on, you're right. We could pick on uh, the Atlantic. We could pick on Axios. There's a whole bunch of people we could pick on. They all largely were telling the exact same story. And the first version of it I came across was the CNN version. Right. And which is a good I, one. I enjoy picking on CNN. Yeah. Um, because to me, they're very emblematic and everybody understands them. Like the others are kind of out there. Not everybody's like red Axios or something, but we can, we can do CNN and everybody knows who we're talking about. So they did put out a column and I want to explain what the thesis of all of these pieces, but especially the CNN piece is that they didn't come and ask permission of the media. The DeSantis campaign was supposed to do this the right way, which was to use the standard media and they didn't do it. So let me share. I've got two quotes I want to share. And here's the first one from the CNN piece. Quote, uh, this is referring to the DeSantis campaign. Res respond to the unmoderated social media jungle while disdaining traditional standards of conduct and governance. So going on CNN, I'm sorry, going on uh, for CNN, going on Twitter is an unmoderated social media jungle. That's crime number one. And, and it, it disdains traditional standards of conduct and governance. Now, well, I just, you know, I'm looking for a John Houseman type character to stand up, you know, in a full three-piece suit, maybe with a pipe, uh, you know, 
uh, saying, you know, uh, you know, this is this is really, really, really bad here that we have this happen. It's like, who's the conservative here? Exactly. exactly. These guys are saying, you know, we had traditions. We had rules. Well, they blew and... those traditions years ago, though, Jim. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what is it that they're really, really upset about? The Atlantic, Axios and CNN. What is it they're really upset about? They got their pennies in the water. They lost the advertising dollars. It wasn't done on their platforms. They did not. They're not the gatekeepers anymore. They weren't the gatekeepers, right? And I've been waiting for the election where they weren't going to be the gatekeepers. I kept hoping it was going to be the next one, Uh, folks. It just arrived. Well, you are not the gatekeepers anymore. You you know you know how to call them. So you know, there's a rule that uh, first you ignore them, then you attack them, then they win. Right? This is. This is the attack stage. They know they're in trouble. Yep. And I find the fact that they were so bothered. The the pros in the CNN piece, and I we will put the link up, is just precious. You really should read some of the quotes that are in there. I will not. I do not have time to do the entire piece justice. The analysis, by the way, wasn't entirely wrong. There were some things about this that in, are interesting strategic questions that could work or backfire uh, for DeSantis. Uh, the the but you know. I can't remember which one of the pieces it was, whether it was CNN or the Atlantic, but they were actually concerned. Maybe it was Axios. I'm not sure which one it was. They were concerned for Fox News, like poor Fox News. Can you believe that he kind of stuck a finger in the eye of Fox News? Yeah. You know, he was supposed to go there to announce. He could have at least gone there. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The the irony is just delicious. Here's another jump. This is describing the announcement atmosphere that CNN anticipated. Quote, a febrile circus of untamed free speech, conspiracy theories, and unverifiable information. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love good prose like that. Just, I mean, that that sentence would have jumped out at me no matter where it was. Okay. Well, they'd never have said it. How many times a week do you come across the word febrile? This is fantastic. Right. A febrile circus of untamed free speech. So, untamed free speech, the ability to sit here and talk here. We, we're engaged in a circus. I mean, we've, yes. we got clowns in the background and the whole nine yards, oh, right? Yeah. Fabrile and, as uh, it is. Conspiracy theories and unverifiable information. This was a presidential announcement campaign. Yeah. There's a conspiracy that he's announcing for president. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how, how much of a twist do your panties have to be in, CNN? Yes. Yes. You didn't see this coming? <laughs> I mean, so... Oh. So that's they're so upset uh, about this and and they don't want to be irrelevant anymore. This is them saying, not only did you not skip us, but you're actually saying we're irrelevant and this can't happen. We can't have this. The alligator tears or maybe they're crocodile tears. I don't know what what they have in Florida, crocodiles or alligators. And by the way, I'm not sitting here enjoying they they just this is a moment in time we've been waiting for where they do not have control of the entire narrative and real people can begin to talk about time. And I have to say, I'm hopeful that there is a different thing happening on YouTube and elsewhere where people are beginning to speak and that it's very, very important that we protect this. So whether Ron DeSantis announces on Twitter or Tucker Carlson goes and does a show on Twitter doesn't really even matter to me all that much. 
what what is interesting to me is that there are now opportunities to step outside that domain there's an opportunity to get your news from other locations there's an opportunity for a dialogue so russell brand kind of came to the united states toured the country early in april and he did meet with tucker carlson who still was at fox news at the time that they spent time together yeah. uh and got in the studio and had a a, a rather robust conversation because Politically, they disagree on several things, um, but they had a fun, engaging, robust conversation. In fact, Tucker gave uh, uh, Russell a tour of his house and his yard and the whole nine yards. There's a funny, even a really cute little story in there. I'm not going to share here because it, it's just a tiny, tiny bit off color. Um, but they, they got along really well. But And he also went and did Bill Maher's show, but he didn't spend all of his time having conversations with people who were in the in institutional media, he went off and talked to people who weren't as well, just like he's not. And he said that across the board, all these conversations had one characteristic that he did not find. And he has personal hard disdain for MSNBC because he's on the left and he thinks MSNBC misrepresents the left. Um, he said there was real dialogue, real back and forth, real disagreement, that was done in a spirit, and this was the word he used, of real collegiality. Oh, interesting. I think that's what the potential is here. And I think the conflict machine actors, and they some of them are on YouTube. You, There are people who are going to talk about DeSantis's launch, and they're going to tell you the same thing you would have been able to get if you turned on Fox and MSNBC and CNN. They're going to give you the exact same type of useless, partisan-driven, conflict machine coverage. Yeah, we don't need the repeaters. We need we need innovators. But real discussion about what's happening, about the issues that matter that affect you, about the social condition in which we find ourselves, by the implications of various things that are happening in history right in front of our faces, all of those things matter. And I wanted to sit down and spend 20 minutes with you today, Bill, talking about this, because this is the part of the story that's not really getting covered. This is a positive development away from the conflict machine and towards an era of real human respect where individuals are speaking to one another. And grace comes about when I recognize that, you know, I don't agree with you and, and maybe even I find some of the things that you're saying revolting, but I'm agreeing to talk. That Vanity Fair headline is anti-grace and, and the shrills and shrieks of the media's about their irrelevance and saying that having a conversation is a jungle. Those are not grace moments. So I want to encourage people that this is good news. This is a sign of really good things. I've been waiting for the election where the regime media was not calling the tune anymore. And there was evidence they'd already lost a lot of grip in 2020. But I have to say, if they're complaining about what we do here in the YouTube space together as a, as, a, as a nation, as a people, if that is bothering them that much, if they're complaining about the fact that they did not have control of Twitter and Elon's the one that got the interview, then you can know the death rattle of the conflict machine has begun. I'm with you on this. We've been here before. After the Civil War, tabloid journalism took off. And you could print anything. And it was the same thing. It was trying to sell papers based on conflict. Mm -hmm. And out of that conflict and that media frenzy, which was still in print, 
came a publication that's still around today and still reporting, like investigating and reporting the way that it ought to be reported. And I'll leave it up to viewers to be able to figure out what that is, but there's your teaser. So uh, okay. go and try to find it. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner, and it's still with us after our more than 100 years. So, Jim, what you're saying is so accurate. Uh, we've got precedent. We've got opportunity. And I think more than anything else, you know what? We have these little tiny microphones that we can use to talk to people mm -hmm. who are willing to listen to something new. Yeah. So do we want to say no grace for the mainstream media right now? No, I want to say that uh, they should be allowed to go gracefully into the night. And we should expect that their pain is going to be expressed right in front of us. This is the first time I've seen it so obviously expressed in this fa in this exact fashion. And I think that this actually is a good sign for our for the health of our overall dialogue. Um, but yeah, they're going to go they're going to go into the night and I don't think they're going to go quietly. I don't think they're even going to go. I think they're going to get very nasty and 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 litigious. And I mean that in the sense that they're going to try to pass laws to suppress what we've got going on here to try to preserve and protect what little they have left and what's dwindling over there. But I don't think it's going to last. I, I, I'm I'm saying this today as a message of hope. I'm saying that we can all move past this. It's starting to happen. And this is proof. They wouldn't be objecting if they didn't believe that the method and model that they've been following, if they didn't believe that wasn't in trouble.